I'm honored to be here before you guys. If you would bow your heads with me as I open up in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for being with us. I thank you for your sweet presence that is already in this place and ministering to every heart and to every life. God, I just declare that every heart and every life is good ground. God, that your word is going to find a lodging place that you are going to reveal truth. God, your word is like a two-edged sword piercing bone and marrow, getting right to the thoughts and intents of every heart. So I thank you, God, for having your way in our life this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to open up, if you would, with me in your Bibles to a verse that's just been stirring in my heart, and it is John chapter 16. Verse 33. Let's go ahead and read. These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Some translations say you will have many trials and sorrows. And another says you will have trouble. You have to notice it says, not you might have. It says you will have trouble. Guess what? If you are breathing here today, you will face adversity. Adversity comes to us all. The Bible says it rains on the just and unjust alike. Good things happen to good people and bad things happen to good people people. Amen? But there's good news for you. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. There's good news for us, church, because the ending of that verse says, but take courage. Hallelujah. But take courage. Take heart, because I have overcome the world. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, I have overcome for you. He said, I have conquered all your enemies. I have subdued all your foes. Listen to what Colossians 2.15 says. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. The New American Standard Bible says, When he had, Jesus, had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him, through Jesus. Jesus has triumphed over your every challenge, your every trial. Amen? And you have to notice here that that is past tense. He has already triumphed over sickness, over sin, over every stronghold, over every sorrow, over every battle you are facing now or you will ever face in the future. Jesus has already triumphed over them because of the cross. Amen? One of the names of God in the Bible is Jehovah Nissi. I love just saying it. It just like flows right off of my lips, Jehovah Nissi. And it is one of the names of God. It means the Lord, our banner. Moses had built an altar to the Lord and named it Jehovah Nissi after his battle against the Amalekites where Aaron and her, if you haven't heard the story, held his arms up on the mountaintop because every time his arms went down, they began to lose. But when his arms were raised, 
they won and they fought all day long and they won that battle. And in that battle, Moses gave that name to the Israelites, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. And we have to remind ourselves that Jesus, we just got to picture him up in heaven, waving that banner over us. I am Jehovah Nisi, I am the Lord, your banner. I have conquered all your enemies, all your foes, every trial, ad every adversity that you face, I have won for you. He's saying, I've already won for you, church. The first thing we must do when faced with life, life's challenges is know your position. Know your position. It is one of victory. Last night I was looking up a, a song and I came across one by Hezekiah Walker and it says, we've got the victory, victory. And some, I sent it to some of our um, team, our staff, because some of them are fighting sickness. And sometimes we just got to play songs like that in our house and we just got to strut our stuff and start declaring, we've got the victory, victory, you know? Because adversity comes to us and we can't just let it happen. We have to stand our ground and declare God's word. We do not come to God as beggars, but we come to him as sons and daughters of the most high God. There's a song they play on the Christian radio that just drives me nuts. The truth is, there's a lot of songs on the Christian radio that drive me nuts. That's why I don't listen to it very often. But last week, I just happened to turn it on twice, right? And this same song was playing. And, you know, I had to catch myself because I started singing along, you know? And then all of a sudden, it was like Holy Spirit spoke up on the inside of me. Uh, excuse me? What are you singing, you know? But it's this one. I'm not even going to say the artist. You might know the song. But it says, I'm just a beggar in the presence of a king. I wish I could bring so much more. But if it's true, you use broken things, then here I am, Lord, I'm all yours. So on the part, I'm all yours, I'm like, I'm all yours, right? You're in the car, you're just singing, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, hold up. I am not a beggar. I am a son, or I said, I am a daughter of the Most High God. He just reminded me of that. I am not a beggar, that's false humility. Huh? Christ has done too much for us. He calls us his children, and we need to know the difference between false humility and true humility. False humility is thinking poorly of oneself, having a low self-esteem, feeling inferior. And we don't come to God with that kind of attitude. Amen? We come with true humility before him. We are allowed to boast of what Christ has done in us and through us and for us. Amen? We are not just beggars, but we confidently come before the throne of God and make our requests known. Amen? We do not come in our own righteousness. We come by the blood of Jesus before his throne of grace and mercy. Grace, his unmerited favor, undeserved favor. It's always extended toward us. We pray declaring God's truth backing us. Amen? But you have to know God's word in order to pray from a position of victory. We have to pray from that position. You've got to know what he says about you and about your situation. The Bible clearly says he has given us such great and precious promises. Amen? If you turn in your Bibles with me, Second Peter, 1 
verse 1 through 11, I'd like to read with you guys. And if you have your pens and you don't mind writing in your Bibles, I'd like you to underline every time you see the word knowledge in there as we read along. 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 11. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith, faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge, if you'd underline that, of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things, all things, not some things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, what are these? knowledge and power that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust but also for this very reason reason giving all diligence add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. I love how it says in verse 5, add to your faith. The onus is on us. The onus is on me and you. We are to add to our faith. It just reminds me that I've got work to do. God's promises aren't just going to automatically happen in our life. We have. A responsibility. We cannot be ruled by our emotions. We cannot be ruled by our five senses. We must all strive to be ruled by the Holy Spirit of God that lives and dwells on the inside of us, reminding ourselves daily that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Continue to read 2 Peter 1, uh, verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound... You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Verse 10, therefore, brethren, that's us, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble never stumble for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom or you could say eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ it's as what we even sang today heaven on earth is for us we pray god thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven is perfect in heaven there's everything that we have that, that God has, and it's ours. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and to destroy, to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they might have life abundantly, abundantly. Secondly, to overcome through life's challenges, you got to know your authority. You have to know your authority. God has given us 
more authority than we realize. As believers, he's given us more authority than even Adam and Eve had. They had authority on earth. However, Christ was given all authority. Philippians 2, verses 9 and 10 says this, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Jesus was given authority in heaven, authority on earth, and authority under the earth, meaning the demonic realm and hell. And what he has is ours. What he has, he gave to us through the cross. You have more power on this earth than you are probably aware of. And we as Christians need to rise up and begin to declare heaven on earth and in every circumstance that we face. In, in every adversity, the devil will try to tell you that you are fighting on a horizontal level, like that there's some tug of war going on. Some days you win, some days you lose. Sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. It's not so. This fight is vertical, and our victory has already been purchased. Amen? Ephesians 1.22 says, And he put all things, again, not some things, he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be head over all things to the church, to us, which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. See, the whole thing runs vertically. Jesus, the head, us, the body, and under our feet, our enemy, the devil. That's where he is. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Past tense. Have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. As New Testament believers, we have authority that has been given to us that enables us to go beyond surface-level praying. We can go right to the root of every problem and speak life and speak God's word and expect results. We call heaven to earth in our life with boldness, with confidence, because of knowledge and knowing our position in Christ. Lastly, overcoming life's challenges, we've got to resist the enemy. James 4, 7 says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Not he might flee from you, he will flee from you. 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because we win. We, he's already won, amen, for us. So many people go around saying, well, the devil did this to me, and the devil is doing that to me, and woe is me, but, but I'm praying. That is not the attitude that we need to have, church. We need to know our position and our, and our authority, and the next, thing that we must do is act on it. We are the ones who must resist the devil. We cannot pray, oh God, please do this. Please make the devil stop this. God says, you make the devil stop. You step up in who you are in Christ and you begin to speak. You'll never get free with that kind of attitude. 
with that kind of prayer. Jesus has already done everything he was going to do. He died an awful death on that cross. He paid a painful death for our victory today. He tells us to speak to our mountains. Mark 11.23 says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. We are to speak to the challenges that life throws at us. We have to stir ourselves up in our most holy faith, amen? And we have to remind ourselves who we are. We have to know our position and our authority, and then we're to act on it. Like I said earlier, adversity comes to us all. But what will be your story? What will be your confession? Will you be one that just rolls over and takes what the enemy hits you with? Or will you fight back? Resist means to actively fight against. And we need to stir ourselves up with righteous indignation. And we need to get mad. We need to get mad at sickness. We need to get mad at sin. We need to get mad at disease. We need to get mad at poverty. We need to get tired of living life that does not match up with God's word and what he says about us. Remember John 15 says, Jesus tells us, in this world you will have trouble, but rejoice, for I have overcome the world. Let's be clear, this Christian walk, it's not for the weak. It's not for the faint at heart, but it is for those who refuse to settle for the status quo, for those who refuse to be branded by this world and what it has to offer, those who refuse to back down and compromise the word of God and what they know to be true, regardless of man's opinion. It's for those who refuse to build a theology based on their experiences. See, a lot of us have experienced things that do not match up with God's word, but we can't base our theology, what we believe on those experiences. We gotta base them on what God says not on our five senses. As Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar and every circumstance that goes against what his word says is a lie. God's word is true, not our experiences. And that's big church. We gotta get that deep down in our soul because I know I have faced things that do not match up with God's word. So I choose to focus in those moments on the things I know to be true. And what I know to be true is that I serve a good God. I serve a good God and when I don't understand and when it doesn't make sense, I remind myself I serve a good God. I know that he loves me. I know that I'm his and I know that he is faithful. And if what I'm experiencing is not matching what his word is saying, Know this, know this, God is not the problem. Like I said, he has attained our every victory. And it is not a faith problem. 
It is a knowledge problem. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God, what is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. The will of God is good, it is acceptable, and it is perfect. Jesus has paid the price for our every victory. Just two weeks ago, we encountered ourselves one of the most challenging to date things in our life. And it was because of the word of God that I know I was able to make it through. What was in me in those moments just came out. I was a not, I was not about to give in to what I was seeing with my eyes. It was not matching up with the word of God. And I said, no, the first words out of my mouth was devil, you are a liar. You are a liar. And from the deepest part of me, <laughs> I cried out the truth that I knew that I've read, that I've studied, that I've heard in the word of God. And thank you, Jesus, for his Holy Spirit. He is our very present help in time of need. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. It is through our position in Christ, our knowledge of God's word, and the act of resisting the enemy of our soul, that we overcome life's challenges. Amen, church? You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The devil is a liar and he is under your feet. <laughs>